0: Do you want to kick it off and switch it up for fun? Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) All right, what's good, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of One on with your host. I'm Tommy, and
1: hey, it's Jen. Um, just a reminder, we're in Gabbledon. Um, It is the weekend, so it could get a little loud in here.
0: Absolutely. So we don't have any guests for this week, so we're just going to jump right into the overview and then into the show.
1: All right. So we're switching it up a little bit and going to be talking about what you can expect in Season 3. We're going to be jumping into specific themes that aren't just reflected in different areas of student affairs, but also within the nation's climate.
0: And so as we're leading up to the next cycle of primaries, nominations, elections, we want to talk about how both politics affect national, state, and local events and also impact the work that we do or the work that we want to begin on a college campus. With that said, sometimes the topics are a little bit heavy, so we'll have a part of the show that highlights some feel-good stories when that occurs.
1: We want to take a moment to thank some individuals who have helped this podcast be successful and who we continue to partner with. First is our Housing and Residence Life, actually Residential Life, at NAU, who will allow us to record each time. Secondly, thank you to our supervisor, Sarah Olson, who helps us create content and supports our work. And third, most importantly, you, the listener, for tuning in.
0: If you want to be featured on a podcast, feel free to contact us at jennifer.emol at nau.edu. That's J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R dot I-M-E-L at N-A-U E-D-U or tommy.newsom T-O-M-M-Y at nau.edu. That's T O M M Y dot N E W S O M at nau.edu. Goal is to also try and give shout outs each week for our listeners, so subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Play, and Amazon Prime. We're going to start with getting to the best part that I saw this week. So again, living in Flagstaff, there's a lot of variety of outdoor beauty, interactive within the university, and within the different divisions that exist there. And you get to see a whole lot. So, Jen, if you want to kick it off, what's the best thing that you saw for this week?
1: The best thing I saw this week, I think, for me was that I just made some pumpkin cookies because it's starting to become fall and so I went on Pinterest and every single time I make pumpkin cookies I forget to save the recipe to like my Pinterest board yeah and so I make a different recipe every time (laughs) Um, but they're basically the same but yeah I had to go find a new recipe today to make them but then I made my own icing and I made chai vanilla chai maple icing and it's so good
0: did you save the recipe this time
1: yeah, I did. Nice. Yeah.
0: Is this your best batch?
1: I don't know. It's hard to say. Well, <laughs> I didn't. The icing was really just like me throwing things in, being like, that'd be cool. So, will not replicate.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> if you need a taste tester, you know where to find me. <laughs> okay. But I think for me, the best thing I saw this week was. Mmm. Um, Actually, I think probably like the NAU athletic events that took place. So volleyball swept Louisiana State University, and so that's pretty cool. It's not often that we play like a team from the Power Five conferences. Um, It's not often that we also play and win, let alone completely destroy that team. So that was really cool. So shout out to NAU women's volleyball. That was pretty neat. Um, And then football also won this weekend, and so it's been pretty much a good overall weekend for the NAU athletic program so i think that's actually the best thing i saw this week and while i haven't seen any of our students i need to remember to say good job
1: yeah i feel like the 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 football team play on saturday Mm -hmm. the marching band was so close like, yeah. they were so loud. <laughs> I was, I woke up, and I said, they are right outside my window.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was actually walking by the urban trail when the marching man was performing at halftime with Milo, and it mm-hmm. dawned on me, Milo has never heard the sound of, like, a flute. Or, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he was not about it, because he, like, kept perking up and, like, trying to figure out, and his head was turning um, pretty sporadically, mm-hmm. and I was like, it's okay, bud. It's just the sound vibrating off of all the other things were walking by
1: it just seemed so. so close like i know that every time they practice i'm like oh like i feel like the practice field's kind of close and then yes on saturday i was like they are very very near <laughs> yes
0: so if i had to guess milo's best thing he saw this week was probably the marching band because he was very attentive and it felt like we couldn't walk anywhere <laughs> so
1: all right so our next segment is called like yep we're going there so in this rotating segment Um, we talk about some stuff that's been happening in American government. Here's the thing, while we may not love politics, our profession deals with a lot of policies and laws that our state and national government create, so yeah, we have some thoughts about the political world. But no worries, we'll catch you up, so prepare yourself, because yep, we're gone there. So this week, we'll be talking about, um, an incident that happened at the U of A, uh, where a black student was attacked by two white students on campus. The students, the two students who attacked the black student were um, just recently arrested. Um, So they didn't get arrested on the night it had happened, but were arrested once, I think, that the black student decided to press charges. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was a pretty bad attack. I know the black student had a concussion um, and some scratches from what happened. So there's a lot of things going on. So Tommy, do you want to jump in?
0: Yeah, and so I think some other parts that are helpful that since that happened, I think, um, if I recall, the incident happened, like, last Tuesday or so. Um, And so since then, there's also been a lot of protesters that have come. Um, They've been calling for the expulsion of those two students who did attack, um, as well as their, um, like, basically the school's director of African American Student Affairs has also, like, helped and joined in in those protests. And so um, I guess for me, it continues to be a concern of like, one, how do we make sure that we're actually providing students with safety? Like, I think an interesting challenge for universities that they've become, they basically have placed themselves in a position where it's like, yes, like feel free to send your son or daughter or whoever to our institution. Like our plan is to make sure they stay safe, they get an education, they graduate, they're able to be successful. And I think it's become increasingly evident that universities really struggle with how to provide that safety. and i guess on the other side of that is like what we determine is actual safety i think in this one it's fairly explicit as far as like there's a police response there's been follow-up there's charges pressed um and i think the part that maybe is like also interested i think jen and i had talked about this a little bit but like what sort of I guess precautions are like being put in place to try to prevent that from the future and also what is the long-term impact for that individual as far as like the mental health component feeling like you can walk around Um, I think where this kind of ties into the uh, like American government is like at what point should like a state or local police like step in. Um, whereas like with the university police, it's a little bit different. I know they were ones that said like, yep, it's been turned over to Pima County, which is where, um, the University of Arizona's campus is located within Arizona. And so those are some things that have been on my mind. I think the other part is like from a judicial standpoint, I know the president of that university said that they were going to, and I quote, aggressively pursue all avenues of justice. And I'm just wondering like, what is justice in this situation? Um, I know, like like I said, the members of the Black Student Union have helped organize the protests, and they've been trying to figure out, like, what other things can be done. But I think it just continues, like, at least from my knowledge, this is the first one that I've seen or heard of this year in particular. I guess at least at a national um, covered, mm-hmm. like, event that's taking place. But last year has also risen, so I'm just wondering, like, if that's going to be a trend now that we're more back into the school year where we saw definitely an increase between 2016 to 17 and 17 to 18, and I'm not really sure where it's at this year.
1: Yeah. I think one thing to think about for me was looking at the mugshots of those two guys, both named Matthew. Um, I don't remember their last names, but both of them were named Matthew. <laughs> yeah,
0: Rawlings and Fraser.
1: Yeah, and um, they had such a smug smile on their face, and it was so gross and just, like, haunting, kind of, just because... So I told you I wasn't going to bring in my research, but I'm going to. Um, so I'm currently doing research with one of my professors on whiteness. And I think that one of the main points in a lot of our readings is that, um, and specifically whiteness on college campuses and how cultural whiteness is perpetuated, even though we have all of these standards and uh, mission statements around diversity and inclusion, and how even with all of that cultural whiteness is really perpetuated no matter where you are um and especially on college campuses um, that are predominantly white universities and I think um this obviously makes it really hard for people of color of any race to feel comfortable at predominantly white universities and thrive and grow and um, be successful as white students are um which just perpetuates a lot of um racial tensions and violence on campuses and I think that this is a great example of kind of the comfortability that white students have on college campuses that other students aren't afforded um, just from being there and I think that this is a great area for growth for a lot of universities but also just a really hard thing to navigate too because again like whiteness isn't um, it's kind of overt in a way so even though we we have all of these statements for diversity and inclusion and we're trying to be inclusive whiteness is still there and it's still prevalent and we need to recognize that and be able to combat um, those ways of thinking that make it so easy for um, white professionals and white students and faculty and staff to be on campuses that we um, also have other people there that are not getting the same experience
0: and I think that brings up an interesting point because U of A is also the first institution in Arizona to get a Hispanic survey institution designation. And that's not to say, like, all of a sudden you get this mm-hmm. designation, like, cool, like, there's right. not going to be any problems anymore. But I think it does bring the question of, like, what sort of resources are actually being provided aside from just a numerical standpoint of, like, all right, you reached the 25% threshold, yeah. but, like, is there actually efforts that are both tangible and sustainable of how those students are being supported, both like when they first arrive, their continuation, and ultimately until they leave, mm-hmm. and the support beyond that. And I bring that up because I know that NAU is trying to also reach that threshold. And well, like yes, I guess in some ways, like that's cool. It kind of feels like it's just being used as a kind of just saying like, yep, yeah, we have this like marginalized identity. You should come here because mm-hmm. look how diverse we are. But I don't know if there's necessarily the support whole fed in that way of like all these things that we're doing to make sure like curriculum and support services that are specifically designated for those individuals. I think it was interesting um, when I was at New Mexico, they had like different offices specific towards different ethnicities Mm -hmm. that were there and I don't know much about the U of A as far as like where those go at like I said there's um, a dean of students for African American like specifically but I'm just wondering I guess how much support does an office also receive when there is these sorts of large crisis situations that occur um, both from providing support and outreach counseling like all of those sorts of things I wonder what goes behind the scenes when you have an office that's on campus or if it's more not for show I guess but like how much resources are allocated both proactively and reactively too
1: yeah I think I struggle with that in my one of my classes we were talking about international students and how another recent higher ed thing was that a student who was going to attend Harvard was deported because somebody from his social media had tweeted negative Dad. things about the United States, um, and I I think we got into a discussion in our class about like well do universities actually value international students. Or do we just like the fact that we can say we have this amount of international students and this amount of students from other countries at our university? And I think sometimes it can be the same with the fact that like, oh, we're a Hispanic serving institution now. Um, surprise, like we're great. But you're ignoring the history of your university and the history of higher education that is racist and that is serving white people. Men, particularly and white people, and spe- like specifically, and to ignore those things even with change, um, really like hinders that change from actually happening. Yeah.
0: So, um, well, for the listeners, we will post the article in the basically in our thread of like here's the overview of the show, so that way you can also have a chance to read it. But I think it's also really important because well, yes, this oftentimes focuses on higher ed. We also know that these events aren't just limited to college institutions. I think from even just this last month, we've seen situations where there's been a Walmart that was targeted in El Paso for hate crimes, and obviously that's a little bit different in the sense that like people are also killed and murdered, and I think that's really important to distinguish that but it also shows how pervasive that whiteness is that Jen is talking about, too. And so um, we will post the article, but also trying to think about ways that we combat it, I think, is important. And so I think it starts with being able to identify when is this not an okay system, like where are some of the flaws and things that exist in it, and then also working to deconstruct that into a way that then creates an equitable access and system for everyone within it. So... Um, We're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll go into our next segment. Alright, and we are back. So we're going to jump right into the it always seems impossible until it's done. And like I said at the top of the show, sometimes when you have some heavy news, you need a little bit of a feel good to help make it more positive and have a good outlook in that. So this segment is inspired by Nelson Mandela, who is the one that wrote this quote. And with all the things that we talked about, we wanted to make sure that we start to end the show on a high note. And so for Jen, um, rather than it necessarily being something specific to the news, what are some things that come to mind when you think of positivity or a random act of kindness
1: well this week tommy was very nice to me and he saw some plants at a where were you
0: i was at the flea market Flea market.
1: okay i thought it was either the farmer's market or the flea market so he went to a flea market and there were some plants there and he brought me back a spider plant and now it's has a new home in my bedroom and so i'm excited to not kill that plant hopefully (laughs) one can hope Uh, But yeah, I thought that was very kind, so
0: thank you. For clarification, hopefully it's not just this week that this kindness, but... (laughs) (laughs) This is the only time that
1: Tommy has ever been kind to me. Yep, hear
0: that, Sarah? Got my evaluation tomorrow, so (laughs) stay tuned. (laughs) But um, I think similarly, um, I think maybe it's helpful. Like, my love language that I like to receive is typically, like, words of affirmation, which is also ironic because I'm not very good at like when people actually give me compliments. I'm very picky about it, so that's a struggle. But um, I did have a pretty rough week of on-call and just like things that had carryover from the last week. And so um, one of our colleagues, Becca, who has also been on the show that you might be familiar with for the listener, um, she also showed some random acts of kindness, and so she got me a Hershey's chocolate bar and also a set of flowers and so that was very exciting so i've been sniffing them each time i go home unlike jen i'm not very good at keeping plants alive
1: no i'm not good at it either. Oh, okay well just like <laughs> jen <laughs> we
0: are not really good at keeping plants alive um, this one's still alive a little bit um to be fair i probably should not have set it on the ground to water it because my my dog was like "Ooh, this is a new plant to mark my territory and i was like no, Milo! Anywhere else could... No, not anywhere else could have been fine. But, like, particularly there, I was just like, dang it. So, I think the urine from him accidentally (laughs) (laughs) it a little bit faster. But, um, for me, I think that was the random act of kindness that I really appreciated, because for a while I was like, oh, where'd these flowers come from? Who are they for? And then, that's when I got Becca's text that was like, hey, this is for you. So, shout out to Becca for that also. But I think... Um I guess one part to highlight with this segment is a lot of times we go through experiences of life or things like that and we're like, hey, I want to make sure I do something for someone. Random acts of kindness I think can go a long way. So for the listeners, if you have other ideas that come to mind for those, let us know and we can also add that into our next podcast or we'll just maybe make a list of those that we found pretty helpful too.
1: Okay, so our next segment, ridiculous or hilarious stories here. Um, we work on a college campus, and every week we interact with all sorts of situations. Sometimes it's off-campus, sometimes it's a crisis situation, and sometimes it's parents. I almost said our parents. Um, <laughs> sometimes it's just the nature of living with hundreds of students. Um, I can go first, actually. It is my parents this week. Oh, so, interesting. <laughs> so my dad, the other day, what did he send me? He's He's been going to these, like, music things in around our hometown where people perform on different porches so it's like a music festival with local bands where they perform on people's porches and um it's kind of like christmas
0: caroling but not
1: yeah yeah and so he went to one recently and he said he like called me and he sent me about 10 videos (laughs) of every performance he saw um and he went to another one this past weekend he said your mom and i are going to the porch fest in troy ohio this saturday 36 bands and performances 31 porches I have the music schedule and the porch map early this time so we can map out our strategy and <laughs> he says do you want me to send do you want me to send you some videos like I did from the Dayton porch best too bad I'm going to anyway <laughs> <laughs> haven't received them yet Doug um <laughs> but so I was on Instagram and I, they, I follow this Instagram account called My Miami County, which is where Dayton is and where Troy is, uh, in Miami County, Ohio. And I'm watching this video that they're taking of this porch festival, and all of a sudden, I see Doug and Chris. Krug, my parents um, (laughs) at this Porch Festival and I sent it to my brother and I was like, they're celebrities (laughs) and then my friend Emma was telling me she was like, hey, I'm here with Doug and Chris at the Porch Festival and I was like show them this video (laughs) because they don't have Instagram Ah. and I think they really enjoyed it so waiting on those videos, excited to hear
0: Do you think that they will eventually get Instagram?
1: No Well, okay, so I think my mom does have Instagram, but I don't know if she remembers that she has it.
0: Gotcha. What would you do if your parents became, like, Instagram famous or social media stars? I think
1: Doug could do it. Yeah. I think he really could. He's a good, (laughs) he's a funny guy. Nice. Yeah. I think he could get some followers. Probably. (laughs)
0: So... I enjoyed Doug when I had a chance to meet him, so <laughs> look forward to the next
1: one. Yes. All right, what's your story? <laughs>
0: um, I think mine is just like, I know that our staff bonds really well together. I think I underestimated how much that is. So uh, for the listeners, we have a staff meeting that takes place every Wednesday, um, and basically it's just like a time to give some updates and things like that. And I don't even know what the category was. Oh, we were doing a baseball-themed like oh. team builder, so this is like a little bit ago it's like a week and a half mm-hmm. ago but it still thinks makes me think of it a lot because i don't know for most of you but rarely is a time where i'm like wow i hope the staff meeting goes the entire scheduled time that's supposed to i like getting out early always a good time and so um it was interesting i think just because we basically like had them write down a fact so if you Wanted like an easy fact, basically that would get you to first base. The hardest fact gets you to home plate, and so um, they made up their teams and had a chance to like try to guess each other's like whose fact it was on the other team, and then you scored points that way. And we probably started at like eight fifteen at night. And we started playing, and I think I underestimated how into it they were, because it got to 9 o'clock and they asked if we could keep going, and that's definitely when the staff meeting ends. Uh, But I just thought it was kind of both ridiculous and hilarious, because a lot of times I don't think I'm very good at coming up with team builders, but it was cool to see how much they were wanting to participate and enjoy them. Also a little bit ridiculous, because some of them were like, I'm really open, I have no secrets about myself, and I was like, well... It's not really your fault, but also like maybe try to get other people to be just as vulnerable. But I thought it was kind of hilarious because they are also very competitive, which I think is a trend among our entire staff, all the way from the hall director level to <laughs> our students. So, um, but I really enjoyed that part.
1: Yeah. I am very competitive. I won a game of darts this weekend. Hi, Janelle. You <laughs> lost. It's okay.
0: And what else did you do?
1: <laughs> I did not. Lose. (laughs) I gave my best effort in a game of pool.
0: No worries. Hello, Jen. Glad to have played against you. So in case you're wondering who was the winner of that game, it was Alana and myself. So, yep.
1: Okay. (laughs) So going into one of our final segments called Rough Translations. Um, Every week we plan to end the show with a song that describes how we're feeling, sometimes accurately, sometimes sarcastically. But our goal is to hopefully get listeners to expand their own genre while we do the same also side note have you seen that video of the, that this guy put together where he's like he put together all of the times that the host of jeopardy what's his name alex Trebek? Trebek, yeah says the word genre <laughs> and it's so funny he says he says it like genre genre <laughs> oh,
0: it doesn't even sound like the same word you need to look
1: it up. anyways <laughs> what's your song
0: uh, my song is called "Just Us" and it's by DJ Khaled and I don't know if it's SCA or SZA, unsure yeah, which. It is SZA. I think it's SZA. Um,
1: <laughs> we sound. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm
0: like the Joan. <laughs> yes, I will work on my pop culture. I can just hear Becca right now being like, "It's SZA, <laughs> get it right." But anyway, um, I've really been vibing to that song. I think lately because sometimes um, it's like I said, it's called "Just Us," but. It has a pretty good metaphor, I think, for a lot of life in in different ways, and so it kind of just talks about, like, working through it. Also, I think she has an incredible voice, so there's that too, but that's the one I'm feeling this week, mm. so. What about you?
1: Um, so I've been studying a lot, and I have, the only music I really listen to when I study is the music from The Lord of the Rings, mm. and so, Concerning Hobbits, composed by Howard Shore, from The Lord of the Rings the fellowship of the ring soundtrack
0: nice also as a side note i used to that's how i used to also study i only listen to film scores and Um, i think they're underrated and every once in a while i turn them back on just to get back into it it's
1: just that there's no words and so you're not distracted by like speaking and sometimes when the music gets really intense you're like yeah, reading I was really quickly, ask if you feel more motivated. <laughs> typing, like, yes, this is the best thought. Yeah.
0: You know what's a good one for me, at least, to do it with is Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm, that is
1: a good one. Yeah,
0: that one. And I also really like Inception, where it has, like, the I think it's called Mombasa, because that's, like, the country they're in or whatever. But they get really hyped as they're, like, running through. And that's one for me where I'm like, oh, I feel so motivated.
1: I also like Pirate, or no, you said Pirates of the Caribbean. I was going to say Harry Potter. Yeah. That's a good one. All of the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit ones are good.
0: The Avengers ones are pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. They have a nice progression.
1: A lot of the Tim Burton films that are composed by, what's that, Danny Elfman. Mm-hmm. Those are good. So, yeah. Do you
0: have a favorite composer?
1: No. That's fair.
0: <laughs> Maybe one day.
1: But... <laughs> Okay, well, thanks for listening. Um, If you have thoughts about the podcast this week, we'd love for you to leave your feedback, suggestions, or other thoughts, too, in the comments section. Shout out once again to Residential Life at NAU and helping this podcast succeed. Thank you again to our listeners. Um, And special shout out to Tommy for being here. (laughs) It says special shout out to guests, but we don't have a guest. So, hey. Thanks. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) All right. And make it a great day or not. The choice is yours.